Opinions expressed on ACB Radio are those of the respective program contributors and cannot be assumed to serve as endorsements of products or views of the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff. M-A-I-N-M-E-N-U Main Menu Main Menu Main Menu Hi there, everyone. You're listening to Main Menu for the 12th of April, 2019. I am your co-host, Jason Castingway. Once again, it is our pleasure to have the team at Microsoft present us with another accessibility webinar on navigating the new ribbon in Microsoft Office. After that, I talk a little bit about Android and present the new Lookout app released by Google. Happy listening! Hi, and welcome to our March 2019 Accessibility Learning Webinar. My name is Dan, and I work on the Microsoft Accessibility Team. And my name is Sean, and I work on Microsoft's Disability Answer Desk Team. Um, for today's session, we're your moderators. Um, so we'll, we'll be running the session for you. Um, so here at Microsoft, our mission is to um, empower all customers um, to achieve more. Um, and we really take this to heart as this, this kind of encompasses all of our customers. Um, and so what a lot of customers, including enterprises, have been asking for are trainings that help them kind of get, get familiar with our products, understand how to use them. Um, and so we, we kicked off this monthly webinar series that's really designed to empower every customer with accessibility knowledge. So. And the format for today's webinar, we're going to be recording this. Uh, it'll be an hour long, and uh, we'll have the last 15 minutes dedicated to Q&A. And then soon after the event, we'll be recording, uh, oh, sorry, a recording will be available um, uh, for viewing. So, and today we have the office team here to demonstrate the simplified ribbon uh, that's now available in many office apps. Uh, and we have Jeremy and Lorena from the office product group. Cool. Um, and then when Jeremy and Lorena finish, we'll have time for Q&A. So, we want to get to your questions, so please either email us your questions at accwebinars at microsoft.com, or we're also on Twitter. Um, reach us on at msftenable and use the hashtag accessibilitywebinar. Now let me turn it over to our speakers. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Dan and Sean. So before we dive into the demo, I want to just give a little bit of background about how the Simplified Ribbon came to be. Uh, so Jeremy and I and a few other people were actually at the CSUN Assistive Technologies Conference last week. And the keynote speaker, uh, Johanna Lucht, uh, had this really interesting talk about inclusive design. Uh, she made this analogy that I'm going to try to um, give justice to here. So imagine you're at a zoo and you, there's this barrier that is in between the animals and the zoo goers, uh, both for the animals protection and for the attendees protection. Um, imagine that at least a lot of the zoos that I've been to, this barrier is fairly high and it's um, solid, so you can't really see through it. This would work for someone who is tall enough to see over this barrier, but if you think about really everyone who is attending the, uh, the zoo, there are some people that may be too short to see over the barrier, or there might be kids, or there might be someone in um, a wheelchair, for example. So sure, you could have different fixes for this problem. Say you could have a stepping stool um, so that the kids could step on it. But what about the person on the wheelchair? Sure, you could have a ramp. But what you end up with is, in the end, this initial solution that ends up having a hodgepodge of different fixes. Uh, but if you were to think inclusively from the very beginning and thinking about all users, you could imagine how you could potentially have a chain link fence. Um, so that everyone can see the animals equally. Uh, all that to say that the Simplify Ribbon was basically Microsoft Office's stab at creating that chain link fence solution, so that inclusive solution for everyone. So basically, Microsoft Office underwent this journey to uh, create better and fresher products for everyone. And one of the things that we sought to tackle was the Office Online Simplified Ribbon. Today, I'm going to focus on two different aspects of it. The first one is going to be the keyboard interaction model, and the second one is going to be the icon refresh. Uh, 
So let me dive into the why. So what I'm showing on the slide right now is a screenshot of the Word Online application with the multi-line ribbon at the very top. So the multi-line ribbon is comprised of the tab list at the very top and multiple lines of controls. Uh, the interaction model was really not ideal because it required users to tap through every single control um, in order to get the command that you wanted. And you can imagine how if you wanted something that was all the way to the right, you had to tap through a bunch of controls. Um, now, that's not just a bad experience for people who are using assistive technologies, but also anyone who's using a keyboard as their primary form of interaction. Controls were just really hard to find. And so, especially for people who had grown used to simplified UX uh, as the way of life, essentially. So now I am showing um, a screenshot of the, uh, of the Word Online application with the simplified ribbon. So the simplified ribbon also has the tab list at the very top, but instead of multiple rows of controls, it only has one single row of controls, and it has the new icons. So when we first started thinking about this problem, we knew that there really wouldn't be one simple solution. Um, after all, the ribbon is super complex UI, and there are so many challenges when we were designing for optimal interaction. Um, and for example, we asked ourselves questions like, how do we order the commands? How do we decide what to read out? How do we make it so that users can find these commands better or faster or easier. And even so, you know, what is to say that the one solution that we came up with would work for everyone? Um, in fact, we didn't. Uh, one of the things that came up during the conference last week was that accessibility is actually not an end goal. It's something that you need to strive for because to be 100% accessible means that you need to be 100% usable for 100% of your users. And if some if there's something that we know about um, designing UX over the years is that you can't really accommodate 100% um, of the users all the time. But we could uh, try our best to accommodate as many users as possible um, and give them what we believe was the most logical and simplest interaction. So the first step to uh, redesign the ribbon was for us to figure out why did the multi-line ribbon work the way that it did? It wasn't really ideal, and so we want to figure out why. Uh, why was that the case? And we actually found that this was rooted in legacy behavior that was um, based on decade-old data. Let me say that again, decade-old data. So that's 10 years. Um, a lot has changed in the past 10 years. Um, I, for example, um, 10 years ago, didn't live in this country, didn't speak English, and didn't have a computer at home, so I had to go to an internet cafe to do anything computer related. What about you, Jeremy? Yeah, that's a, that's a good question. Uh, a decade ago, I was, I was moving up to Seattle, and if I think back to that, I remember that uh, if you're going to get need directions to go somewhere, you couldn't just pull out your smartphone. There wasn't such a thing as a smartphone, so you either had to have a lot of roadmaps to help you out or print out all the directions so that you can make it easier. And another thing that I think of, I think that's the year whenever I finally made the switch to jump from having Facebook and MySpace to being only on, on Facebook. Wow, so, so really different. Um, so basically the conclusion was a lot has changed in the past 10 years and so logically RUX should evolve along with it. So when we went into, you know, we were trying to dive deep into how to design for the new ribbon, and we realized that our best bet was to leverage the feedback of um, real users to improve our designs. And this is actually how our partnership with Athen Group was born. So for those of you who are not aware, um, Athen Group is a professional association of uh, a network of accessibility industry experts, and their purpose is to collect and disseminate best practices in access technology in higher education. So our goal was to leverage um, Athen Group's experience and expertise uh, to make a more inclusive experience, and also, not only that, but we wanted to bring this expertise that we got from them 
back to the other office products so that everyone could benefit equally. So we actually began meeting with Athen over dedicated deep dive sessions, and we talked over every single UI in our uh, ribbon. So that was a lot of UI, essentially. And we felt like the real-time conversations and the very um, immediate feedback that we got through this iterative, iterative process um, helped us uh, come up with this design that we felt closely matched um, user expectations with the keyboard interaction model that we had created. Um, walking away from this experience, we actually felt that this partnership allowed us to have uh, inclusivity in mind from day one because we were including uh, very different sets of users. And we were designing to benefit um, a large group of uh, users, that being AT users, keyboard users, power users, someone who had forgotten their mouse, um, et cetera. So I'm going to stop talking now, and I'm going to hand it over to Jeremy to do a quick demo of the uh, behavior. All right, so I am going to run through a demo of the updated behavior. And before I start, I want to talk a little bit about the details. Start narrator settings window. With um, Office Online. This view shows a so in Office Online, whenever you load the app, focus lands on the canvas. And so I'm going to put focus on the canvas. Marquee, editing area, press Control F6 to leave. Press Alt Shift A for accessibility help, editing. And you'll, you'll notice that we give the user two uh, indications for how to interact with our application. We have Control F6 to navigate around the main regions of the application, like the status bar, task panes, the ribbon, um, which is very similar to F6, which is used in the desktop applications. We did not want to override that because the browser has its own F6 loop. And so we landed on Control F6. The other thing um, that we announce is Alt-Shift-A for accessibility help. And whenever we uh, hit that keyboard shortcut, it brings up the accessibility help dialog. Word online accessibility dialog table. Get accessibility help alt plus shift plus a selected. So that dialog contains all of the custom keyboard shortcuts um, for Word Online. And so you can bring up this dialog quickly without following a link and having to go look through help pages to try to find out these keyboard shortcuts. So now if we go back to the canvas. Editing, marquee. And we're, we're going to do Control Shift F6 to put focus up into the ribbon since it's right before the canvas. Ribbon toolbar, ribbon tabs tab, selected, home tab item, one of six, alt windows, H. So one, one side note I'll make is I turn the verbosity up slightly um, to help convey all of the information that is available on the page, um, but everything is marked up semantically, so if you are using a screen reader and you don't want to hear this information, if you change your verbosity settings, um, you will hear less. But whenever you land in the ribbon, focus goes to the actively selected tab header, um, which this case is the home tab. And you'll notice that it said that it was one of six and that it's selected. It also announced the key tip information, which is also visible on the screen. We have had key tip in our product for a few years now, but we recently made improvements so that it announces out the key tip information whenever a control is focused. And it's also put on an ARIA described by so that more all of it comes after all of the important information that is also associated with the control. So whenever we looked at the ribbon, as Lorena was describing, we took a, a fresh look, and we decided to take a, a step back and think, what is the ribbon, really? And whenever we thought about this, we really broke it down into containing four main areas. It contains the tab headers area, which is where focus is currently. It contains the lower ribbon, which is a tab panel associated with the actively selected tab. We have the additional controls area, which has the open and word desktop client, the tell me control, and things like share and comments. And then we have the file menu launcher. 
And so whenever we started thinking about the ribbon that way, um, it allowed us to approach the interaction model slightly differently than we had before. And what we landed on is those main areas are going to be the tabs, the tab stops for the ribbon, and it will be contained within a tab loop for the ribbon. And so you can navigate from area to area using tab and shift tab. And so let's quickly navigate around the different areas in the ribbon. I will press tab to go across the areas. Home tab panel, undo slash clipboard group, undo, split button collapsed, alt windows, H, Z. Additional controls toolbar, open in Word, button, alt windows, O. File, button collapsed. Ribbon tabs tab, selected, home tab item, one of six, alt windows, H. And so that allows much quicker navigation around the, around the main areas. After we came up with, with that approach, that allowed us to keep the user's focus within an area within the ribbon um, much easier and allow the interaction model to be more straightforward. So within a tab stop, you can navigate with the left and right arrow keys to navigate across controls and focus will loop within that area. So if we navigate across a few tabs. Selected, insert tab item. Selected, layout tab item. You'll notice, windows. You'll notice that it um, goes from control to control. And we also implemented home and end functionality that works within a tab stop. So home goes to the first control and goes to the last control. So if we hit end. Selected, view tab item. Six of six, Alt Windows, W. We go to the last tab. And one piece of feedback that we have gotten collectively and I have gotten personally uh, several times throughout the years um, is users would sometimes be navigating the, the tab headers looking for the, the tab that they want to go to. And they would accidentally walk off the last tab and focus would go somewhere that they don't expect, like tell me or the open and uh, word desktop client button. And that would confuse and sometimes frustrate users. And so with the updated keyboarding behavior, the keyboard focus loops within the tab stop. So I am on the last tab. And if I press the right arrow key now, we will go to the home tab. Selected home tab item one of six. Alt Windows, H. And that allows for a, a much more clean experience across the tab stop. So now let's move to the, the lower ribbon. Home tab panel, undo slash clipboard group, undo, split button collapsed. Alt Windows, H, Z. And you'll notice that that gave a, a good amount of information as well. It told you that you're on the tab panel associated with the home tab. Um, you're in the undo slash clipboard group and focus is on the undo, redo, um, split button. And so a good way to think of the lower ribbon is um, some of the, the lower ribbons on some of the tabs contain uh, a good amount of controls. And those controls are um, put into groups that are um, associated um, by controls that do similar functionality. And that is the undo slash clipboard group and in this example. And so just like with any other tab stop, you can navigate across controls with the arrow keys, uh, like so. Clipboard, off, format painter, button. Alt windows, H, FP. And that allows you to navigate things uh, linearly if, if you would like. But um, like I stated, some uh, tab lower ribbons contain a good amount of controls. And users may want to jump further into the controls uh, more quickly. And so we have the control left and right arrow keys that will jump you by group. And so let's do that a few times. Say, let's, let's go find the, the bullets button. Font group, font name, Calibri light, headings, editable combo box, alt windows, H, FF, paragraph group, off, bullets, split button collapsed, alt windows, H, U. All right, awesome. We found the bullets button with two key presses instead of what looks like it would probably be like around 10 or so. And so that allows for much quicker navigation to different parts of the, the lower ribbon. 
And as stated um, before, the ribbon is only one line. And so you may think, oh, is the functionality different? Are some of the controls no longer in the ribbon? And the answer is the functionality is exactly the same. We just ran heuristics across all of our controls and um, picked the most commonly used ones to put as the controls that are available in the ribbon. And the less commonly used controls get put in an overflow menu that are located at the end of a ribbon group in the lower ribbon. So I'm on the bullets button. If I left arrow, I should go to the previous uh, ribbon chunk. Font group, more font options, button collapsed, alt windows, H01. Great, and so this has an overflow menu, and if I go to it, it contains things like strike through, unchecked menu item checkbox, alt windows, H4, one like of three. Like strike through, subscript, superscript. And those are, are, of course, less commonly used controls. Ribbon toolbar. One of the alt window. One of the pieces um, of navigation that is consistent across the tab stops is the home and end, and it comes into really good use in the lower ribbon. So if we press the end key, dictation group off dictate split button collapsed alt windows H D we go to the last control in the lower ribbon. And of course, just like any other tab stop, it loops. So if I press the right arrow key. Undo slash clipboard group. Undo, split button collapsed. Alt windows, H, Z. It loops around to the first control in the lower ribbon. Um, one additional note that I will make is it does say split button. We also added this functionality recently to give the user as much information as we possibly can uh, for what exactly the control is that they're focusing on. Um, so you, you may still think, okay, well, the ribbon is, is kind of redone now, and it's going to be hard to find controls. So if you, if the, the controls are really in the same uh, spot that they were in the multi-line ribbon. It's just uh, more streamlined. But if you want to find controls more quickly, you can use the tell me control. So you can get to tell me by pressing Alt-Q. Additional controls toolbar. Tell me what you want to do. Alt-plus-Q, editing. Alt-Windows, Q. Tell me what you want to do. Expanded. So now we're in tell me. And this is a search box where you can search for any control that you're, you're thinking of uh, executing. So you don't have to search for it in the ribbon. And one of the benefits is it brings the control actually into the set of results. So if I search for bold. O-L-D, marquee, found two results. All right, it found some results. So if I go down. Bold, unchecked menu item checkbox. And one note, of three. This is not a this is not a menu item that whenever I execute it, it'll take me to the bold button. It will actually execute the bold command right from this menu, so you don't have to search for any of the controls. Um, so now I think I'm going to throw it back over to, to Lorena to, to talk about icons. Cool. Thanks, Jeremy. Exiting narrator. So now that I've talked about, um, and Jeremy has demoed the keyboard interactive behavior, I want to talk a little bit about the icon refresh that we did. So we wanted to tackle the ribbon visuals, and we wanted the message of simplicity that I mentioned um, Microsoft Office Online had undergone to also reflect in these icons. Um, especially because they're such a prominent part of our ribbon, especially in the simplified ribbon, there's a lot of icons. And we conducted a few uh, user studies and we got a bunch of user feedback. And one of the core issues that we found is that they seem to be too complex for people. Um, they, as a result, ended up being harder to find, harder to understand, and harder to see in different color settings and screen sizes. So as a result of uh, getting that feedback and conducting those user studies, uh, Microsoft Office actually um, ended up simplifying all of the icons. So we took all of the icons that you would see in the, both the multi-line and the simplified ribbon, and we simplified them to their core meaning. Um, so we only wanted to keep those elements that we believed were essential to communicate 
whatever commands uh, those icons would be performing. Um, so this actually ended up making the designs a lot simpler, easier to understand, and easier to find. Also, because now they're font-based, uh, you'll see that they look a lot simpler, but also they're really easily scalable. So if you have some kind of zooming or if you have high color contrast settings on, uh, they actually uh, obey those rules now. Uh, so Jeremy's going to do a quick demo to show uh, how that color con contrast works. Yeah, I will show both the changing of, of browser zoom um, to uh, simulate what scaling of browsers uh, of the icons do for like high DPI displays. So if we start zooming in, you'll notice that the icons continue to stay crisp. Whereas if you have used um, Office Online in the past, you may recognize that uh, if you're on a high DPI display or you're using magnifier or browser zoom, that the icons get a little grainy looking and it's not the best thing to look at. But now they are nice and crisp under any uh, resolution. And so if we zoom back out and turn on high contrast, we can take a look at how the icons render in high contrast. And note that the work that we did pulls in the user's actual system settings. It's not some high contrast mode that is something that we're just doing um, on the fly. We're, we are not picking any of these colors. So any of your high contrast settings, for example, if you're not using exactly high contrast black or high contrast white, we will respect those colors. And so you can see that all of the icons render appropriately in high contrast. And if you highlight, if you hover over, you get the highlighted look and the icons flip appropriately. Um, and we, for the color swatches, we have done work so that those do not change in high contrast. So users are aware of what colors they are actually selecting. And a few other notes that I wanted to, to make about the, the keyboarding behavior is when um, you are in the ribbon, if you focus an input, so an editable input field, like a combo box, the tell me control, or um, spin buttons or spinners, we uh, made the conscious effort to not allow users to arrow out of those controls, which is by default, the expected behavior for editable input fields. We don't want the user to accidentally walk out of the input field. Say, for example, if they're on a combo box, they're typing a value, and then they want to go review what they typed. We don't want them to accidentally step out of the combo box and then submit the pending value that they had, which may not be what they actually wanted to submit. So in those cases, whenever you're in the ribbon, you need to press tab or shift tab to move uh, focus out of the editable um, input, and then you can continue using the arrow keys to navigate across the controls in the ribbon. And so I will throw it back to Lorena. So in the end, um, and in conclusion, uh, basically this partnership with Athen and the user studies that we did were more than just an accessibility push. Uh, we this was basically a beginning in a cultural shift, both within Office and also uh, in Microsoft as a whole, to include, um, in, to have inclusive design as part of the design process as, uh, as opposed to something that is thought about afterwards. And after all, as we see, I hope, with the uh, new keyboard interactive behavior and also with the analogy that I made earlier, inclusive design does end up resulting in better design. Um, that being said, uh, this whole process is still very much ongoing. Uh, I believe we shipped the ribbon a few months back, and we're still experimenting with Office Online. So um, we constantly make a lot of decisions based on the data that we get, on the feedback that users have. And so we really look forward to hearing from you. I would highly encourage you guys to um, play with the ribbon. Um, if you have any you know, questions or feedback or 
Good find or any, bad. Yeah, good or bad. Um, we've welcomed both of them. And uh, you can actually submit feedback within the Office Online applications through the Give Feedback option, as well as through aka.ms dad, so that's D-A-D, or um, aka.ms slash edad, which is for our enterprise customers, that's uh, E-D-A-D, as well as the links that uh, Dan and Sean will provide in a second. Um, so yeah, thank you very much for listening, and I'm going to throw it back to Dan and Sean. Thanks, Lorena and Jeremy, and of course, Narrator, for showing us the simplified ribbon. Uh, so I think we're going to shift gears here, uh, and we'll start answering some questions. Uh, there's a couple ways that we, you can uh, send us questions here. Uh, you can go, uh, you can email us at uh, accwebinars at microsoft.com, or you can reach out to us on the Twitterverse uh, with at msftenable uh, and the hashtag accessibilitywebinar. Cool. Thanks, Dan. Um, and I'm going to go ahead and kick off our first question here. Uh, so the first question we have is, I'm using or I prefer using the desktop clients. Um, is this experience, the simplified ribbon, available on the desktop client? So currently, the experience is not available in the desktop client. Uh, we're very much using the Office Online applications to iterate and get feedback and make changes as quickly as possible. And uh, while we are open to the possibility in the future, uh, we currently do not have plans to bring this to the desktop All right, and the second question is, where can I find all the keyboard shortcuts for Office? Yeah, that's a, that's a good question. You can visit aka.ms slash office accessibility, and you'll be able to find the keyboard shortcuts there, as well as the in-app accessibility help dialog that I showed off during the demo. Cool. Um, and so is this simplified ribbon available in all Office apps? Um, I'm not seeing it in my version today. Sure. So we are actually currently in the process of rolling out the Simplify Ribbon in um, Excel, PowerPoint, and Word Online. Uh, you should be able to see it in the Word Online application. And um, each of the applications are still gradually rolling it out. OK. So the next question is, how can we submit feedback on the ribbon or report a bug? Uh, yes. Uh, we, we briefly touched on that. Um, and in, in during the, the main part of the talk, um, there's in-app feedback, like give feedback to Microsoft that can be found um, in the status bar, um, as well as on the, the file menu or the, the help tab, which may be rolling out to, to customers soon. Um, and there's also the, you can follow the, the feedback links that will be provided as part of this webinar. Cool. Um, and one of the other questions that we have from the audience is, so I'm used to the old multi-line ribbon. Is there a way for me to switch back to that? Yeah. So you can actually switch back to the multi-line ribbon if you go to the View tab in the Simplified Ribbon. Uh, there will be a checkbox under uh, Simplified Ribbon. And you can go ahead and uncheck that. It will reload the app, and you'll have the old multi-line ribbon. That being said, um, we will very much like if you know there's any reason that you um, you know don't like the simplified ribbon or you know can't find controls or anything like that, um, please submit the feedback in our application because that actually helps us improve the current behavior of the simplified ribbon. Um, so yeah, if you're one of those people that prefers the multi-line ribbon, we'd really like to know why. Um, and under the in-app application, uh, give feedback options, there's, I believe, I like something, I don't like something, and I have a suggestion. So feel free to just send everything that you have to say our way. And I would suggest, please, just give it a try. Even if it feels a little uncomfortable at first, just, just try it a little bit. You, uh, I expect that you'll get used to it pretty quickly, and you'll prefer it in the long run. Okay, next question. Uh, can you tell us again, why did you redo the ribbon? Sure. So Microsoft Office actually went through this effort to simplify all of our UI. And maybe you've noticed a few changes coming out to you already. So the simplified ribbon was actually something that we wanted to tackle as part of that, especially, like I mentioned, it was really old UI. And the uh, behavior wasn't really um, 
it didn't really make sense for users, so we wanted to make it better. Um, and just a reminder for our audience, um, if you do have questions that come up, uh, again, there's those two methods of sharing them with us. You can email us at accwebinars at microsoft.com, or you can reach us on Twitter and just make sure to use that hashtag accessibilitywebinar. Um, the next question I have here is, um, I'm not able to find a control that I'm used to using in the multi-line ribbon. Um, can you share some tips on how to find controls in the single-line ribbon? Uh, yeah. Um, I, I demoed it somewhat during uh, the main part of the talk. Um, but the controls can be found in the, the same spots that they existed in the multi-line ribbon. And you can also use the, the tell me control to even more quickly pull up controls and execute them right there in the tell me control. And there's another additional note. Um, I, I mentioned that we have key tips on all of our controls. And even though some of the controls are in the overflow on the single line ribbon, they still have the same key tips that existed before that aligns with previous Office Online key tips as well as the Win32 desktop key tips. So if you have muscle memory for executing key tips, you will be able to continue using those. The next question is a two-parter question here. Uh, does the simplified ribbon work with JAWS and Firefox, uh, and NVD and Chrome? Uh, and then does this also work with tools other than Narrator? So I guess the easiest answer is uh, yes to all of those. Okay. Um, and we can say that because we've taken a standards-based approach for how we decided to build up all of the components of the ribbon um, so that we have the best chance to work against the broadest range of browser screen readers and other ATs. And we've actually gotten um, really good results across the board. And the next question we have from Twitter is, so I've created a lot of custom tabs in Word 2016. Will these work in the new simplified ribbon? And will they look the same? That's, that's a, a good question. Um, currently in, off, in Word Online, we do not have the ability to add custom tabs outside of add-ins. If you are using add-ins, those will continue to work um, just as they did before, the tabs will appear and the controls will be the same um, as they were in the multi-line ribbon. Yeah, so to clarify, like the Office uh, Online Simplified Ribbon is only available in the web application. Um, currently, no plans to roll it out to the desktop clients. So I guess to stay on that same, uh, in that same topic, um, so why isn't this available in, in 2019 Office and the desktop versions? That's a great question. We believe that for, so for the Office Online applications, it's the easiest way for us to iterate as fast as we can. Um, basically, you know, if you think about the process, we first of all designed this behavior with a bunch of feedback, but also we're able to get feedback from the in-apps and iterate as fast as we can so that we can push out these fixes as fast as possible. And currently, the web is actually the easiest and fastest way to do that. So uh, we currently no, uh, don't have plans to push it out to the desktops because we're still iterating. So we want to get that behavior um, settled. Yeah, and we, we want to get feedback, um, good and bad, so we can continue to refine it and then take that and potentially one day um, push it back into the desktop clients. And uh, to reiterate on what Lorena was talking about, uh, how we ship more quickly um, in the web apps, we can ship changes to our app on a weekly basis, and that is somewhat slow in the online uh, world. So it's much, much quicker than getting uh, fixes shipped out on the desktop clients. Cool, thanks. Uh, the next question I have here on Twitter is, uh, how do I get a ribbon that puts the most powerful tools up front? Hardly any of the, the controls displayed let my employees create easily managed and highly accessible documents. So we actually have, uh, we ran a bunch of heuristics to make sure that the uh, commands that we put towards the beginning were the ones that uh, were the most used for users. Um, another piece of interesting piece of feedback that we actually got at CSUN um, was that you know we're trying to encourage users to create accessible documents through styles. So that is actually something that uh, we put uh, at the forefront um, 
and in the same spot as the multi-line ribbon. Um, again, if there's any specific tools in mind that you have, uh, we'd love to hear your feedback because we're still iterating. Um, I believe Jeremy earlier also did a demo where uh, one of the biggest buttons in uh, our toolbar was the dictate button, which we believe is a pretty good tool for our um, accessible community to use as well. And even going a little bit further, um, we have the accessibility checker in Office Online where you can run it and get any access accessibility violations so that you can fix up your document so that it will be accessible for all users. I know that the desktop client has a little bit different functionality that they are rolling out now where they have the ability to run the accessibility checker constantly in the background. And that's something that we're going to get feedback on for potentially bringing to uh, Office Online. OK, so we have a, an off-topic question here. Uh, folks are asking, where did you get the graphic t-shirts? And can you describe them? <laughs> so we were given these by um, our fellow co-workers um, here at, at Microsoft. And uh, this is the, the Ninja Cat t-shirts. And uh, mine is riding a Tyrannosaurus Rex. And it's got like a, a knight stick, like so you, it can do um, jousting. And I think Ninja Cat is a really cool uh, logo. And uh, on the back, it, ha it says uh, Accessibility Ninja. And it has the, the link to the Microsoft Accessibility site. And so we, we've actually gotten a lot of really good feedback about our shirt design. So it's yeah. funny that you bring it up. I think um, the jousting stick also doubles as a cane, potentially. Um, and then for my Ninja Cat uh, shirt, there he's on a wheelchair. So And he's doing like the flexing. He's flexing, right? Yeah. <laughs> so thanks. We like them, too. <laughs> Do you want to jump on the next question? There? Sure. Um, so another one question we have from, from email. So what is the, or so does the alt key not get you to the ribbon? That is a, a, a great question. And um, it is something that we do call out in our Alt-Shift-A accessibility help dialog. It, we did not want to override the browser's default alt behavior um, because some browsers move focus to their uh, menus and the, the Chrome at the top of the browser. And we didn't want to override that. Just like F6, we decided to do Alt Windows key or it's uh, Alt Command on a Mac. And that will put focus into the ribbon. And you, will be able, you can uh, start using key tips to, to navigate the content that way. Thanks. Um, and one of the a related question is, can you guys describe what Alt Windows means? Yeah. Uh, alt Windows means the, the Alt key and the, the Windows key, which is on a uh, Windows uh, keyboard, is right next to the, the Alt key. So just the combination, pressing the combination of those will bring up key tips and put focus on the actively selected tab in the ribbon. So we're getting multiple questions here, and I know we've mentioned this a couple times. Uh, but uh, just to clarify, um, folks are, are curious about uh, why not the desktop versions of Office. So if you want to maybe reiterate uh, on, on why they're not why it's not covered. Sure. So basically, the Office Online applications were the the platform that we wanted to use in order to iterate as fast as we could to get the best possible experience. So um, if you think about it, uh, like Jeremy said, we ship on a weekly basis. And um, you know, if as much, as, as much research as we can do to create the best behavior and the best ribbon possible, um, as I mentioned earlier, this is not going to be uh, the best solution for every single user that we have. Um, but we wanted to strive for that. So uh, in order for us to be able to iterate as quickly as possible, ship fixes and changes as quickly as possible, the Word, uh, Word Excel, and PowerPoint online applications were uh, the best vessel for that, uh, essentially. Um, especially because shipping changes to the desktop apps actually takes longer. And because we're still iterating on this behavior, and because this behavior uh, still, you know, being improved upon. We wanted to keep it on the online applications for now. And additionally, if 
you do enjoy the single line ribbon, you can give feedback saying you really like the ribbon in the online applications and it's something that you would love to see in the desktop applications because that is also great feedback for our teams. Um, and again, if you want to email us your questions, we'll get to them um, or on Twitter and just make sure to use the hashtag AccessibilityWebinar. Do you want to take it? I'll take that one. <laughs> <laughs> um, so earlier in your demo, you guys had used the Windows high contrast mode. Um, does dark mode also work? So we currently support the system level high contrast settings in, um, in Windows, and that is tied directly to what we have access to inside of CSS to allow for styling. Um, so if the user is set on dark mode, but that does not change their system colors, then we will not pick up those settings. Cool. Thanks. I think we have a couple more trickling in here. But if you would like dark mode, that is something that you could request in feedback. Like, feedback is great because they all come to the, the engineering teams and we actually process each piece of feedback. So it doesn't just go out into the ether. Um, and we have one more uh, follow-up question from one earlier on the, uh, from Twitter. Um, styles in Office um, barely scratch the surface of commands that we need to create accessible documents. Um, I'd love it to see if we could have more, uh, more of those more tools in addition to just styles on the, on the left side of the ribbon. Sure, yeah. Sure. And if you have specific ones that you feel are, should be front and center in, in the simplified ribbon, again, that's a great, great piece of feedback to, to give. The more feedback we, we get, the better we can make our products. Yeah, if you can't tell, we really want you to give us feedback, so submit some feedback. Otherwise, we're just guessing on what <laughs> we can do. And so we can go and do user research and things like that, but mm -hmm. if we get the more actual user feedback that we get, we can iterate and put that back into our products much more quickly. So we have an email question here, uh, and this I think is a two-part answer, if I, if I understand the, the ribbon correctly here. But uh, the first part is, how do I customize which icons appear in the ribbon online or on desktop? That's the second part, I guess, is the desktop side, because I think there's two different methods. So currently, we do not have the ability to customize which commands uh, come up first in the ribbon, uh, like I, I said. icons. Oh, icons. Um, but that as well. Also, we don't have any customization in, in the yeah. ribbon currently in the online applications. Yeah. Do you know about the desktop? I am not familiar with, with exactly what the desktop behavior is for changing icons for controls. Okay, well, we can take that, yeah, that one that uh, can be offline. And, yep. Yeah. Cool. Um, any other questions? Or I think we'll I think we'll go ahead and end our Q and A session for now. Um, so that that's all the time we have. Um, as a reminder, if we did not get to your question, um, please give us a call um, at the Disability Answer Desk. Um, and again, the the URL for that is aka.ms forward slash Disability Answer Desk. Um, and again, if we didn't get to your question, that's a great place to get it answered still. Um, or we're still available on Twitter at MSFT Enable, and just make sure to use that hashtag AccessibilityWebinar. Um, and so I just wanted to go through and share some more resources on things we've touched on during today's webinar. Um, if you want to learn more about office accessibility in general, um, make sure to check out aka.ms slash office accessibility. If you want to become an office insider and try out some of the latest and greatest features as well, um, check out insider.office.com. And again, if you have any other feedback on accessibility features or future webinar topics for us to consider here, um, please share those on Twitter at MSFT Enable or go to our accessibility feedback forum. And the link for that is aka.ms forward slash accessibility feedback. And as always, the Disability Answer Desk is always available too. And if you're from an enterprise, the Enterprise Disability Answer Desk as well is a great option. So, so that's all the time we have. Thank you for joining us. Uh, and again, for our webinar schedule and archive sessions, uh, you can visit aka.ms slash accessibility webinars. And after the session, we'll be sending out a link for a brief survey so if folks can fill that out. We'd appreciate the feedback. And our next webinar is scheduled for April 17th, 2019. 
and we'll cover some tips and tricks for using OneNote. Thank you. Hello, Main Menu listeners. Jason here. I want to talk to you a little bit about Android and my experience with it, as well as the Lookout app, and give you a little rundown with that. I've been playing with a Google Pixel 3 XL for a few weeks, and the experience is quite incredible. You may remember that last year, around this time, I did an unboxing on Main Menu with a Google Pixel C tablet. And setup went pretty well. There were a couple little hiccups along the way. There were some things I would have liked to see work a little better. However, with this phone, setup was incredibly straightforward, worked extremely well, including the fingerprint registration. I have been quite pleased with the setup and use of this device. Everything works pretty much as I would expect. Settings are a little different, things are in different places, but I can swipe and get around the way I need to, and I feel quite comfortable with it. What I'd like to do is show you a brief rundown on how Lookout works. Lookout is an app that Google released in the Google Play Store, and I believe it only works on Pixel devices right now, but please don't quote me on that. Please investigate on your own to be sure. I'm going to include a link to the support article on Lookout in the main menu show announcement. This app has features that remind me of the well-loved Seeing AI app for iOS released by Microsoft. It would be wonderful if Microsoft decided to make an Android version of this app because I must say I use that app almost every day and it works extremely well. I've used Lookout to some degree, but I've deleted the data from the app so that when I open it, it'll act as if I'm opening it for the first time. Device unlocked, 2347, Foursquare. Let me get to it. Lookout. Get help with daily tasks. Lookout is intended to help people with visual impairments learn about their surroundings. Lookout uses computer vision models that may recognize objects or text incorrectly. You should not rely on Lookout for navigation or to identify hazards or obstacles in your environment. You use Lookout at your own risk, so please be careful to avoid harm or injury to yourself or others. Features that require a Google account. When in use, Lookout uses your smartphone's camera to automatically capture images and process them on your device to detect items of interest. Some features, including snapshot and more results from web, require you to sign in with a Google account to send image data from your camera to Google to provide more accurate information about an image's contents. Lookout can be used without these features if you choose not to log in with a Google account. I agree to Google using image data from my camera for these purposes. Yes, I'm in. So I was just flicking to get from one element to the next, and I'm going to double tap on yes, I'm in. Lookout. Multi-page view, independence anywhere, learn new places faster and red text that's around you. Just aim your camera and Lookout will describe what it sees. Okay, now we're in a little tour and this is page one. I'm going to swipe to go to the next page. Page two of three. And tap to hear the information. Multi-page view, hands full. No problem, you can wear your device for hands-free, real-time descriptions. Go to help at any time for all the ways to use Lookout. I'm going to swipe again for page three. Page three of three. And tap. Multi-page view, give it a try to get started, choose a mode or aim your camera anywhere and hit ready. I'm going to hit ready. Ready. Allow lookout to take pictures and record video. Deny button. Okay, I want to allow that, of course. Allow button. Alert optional permissions. Lookout would like to use your location and Google account information to provide more relevant results. Computer monitor at 1 o'clock. Okay, it's already talking about... Musical instrument at 12 o'clock. Okay, I'm going to stop the camera for a moment so we can get through these other prompts. So you'll hear that it has some tones to let you know when the camera's on and when the camera's off. That's pretty helpful. You'll hear that a lot more before we're done. (laughs) Cancel. Lookout would like to use your location and Google account information to provide more relevant results. Okay. Okay. Allow Lookout to access your contacts. One of two. Okay, I'm not sure why, but maybe for sharing purposes. Deny, but allow, but allow Lookout to access this device's location. Two of two. Okay. Deny, allow. Choose an account. Enlist three items. I'm going to choose my regular Gmail account. Checked. And we're going to hit OK. OK, button. Lookout, open navigation menu button. Okay, now we're on the first screen, and we've gotten through all the little permission dialogues. And we're on the first element on the screen, which is a navigation menu that opens and closes. If I flick to the right. Send a snapshot for scene description. 
Okay, and then I believe the next flick is going to bring us to buttons below that. Select mode tab one of three. That allows you to select what mode you want to use. Selected camera tab two of three. And then the camera tab is where the action happens. Recents tab three of three. And recents is where your recent results go if you need to go back and look at something. That's pretty nice. Start. So we are in the explore mode, as you heard. Uh, I'm going to start it up again, and you'll hear different things around me as I point my phone. Stop button. Musical instrument at 12 o'clock. That's my music keyboard. Musical instrument with text RR the love of verbs at 12 o'clock. Oh, it's reading some text. I have a magazine that... Um, Musical instrument at 2 o'clock. I'm going to show you later. And it read some Chair at 12 o'clock. How funny. Yep, the chair. Let's try this way. Just turning in my chair here. Display device at 12 o'clock. Okay, that's my computer monitor. Computer monitor with text Ojo Mapu Emozi AWS 10JJ3 Sayapunos Uoyoahos Maya P3 Old OID Snowpuwi. Okay, the text wasn't quite right, but that's okay because I was moving around and not really holding still for that anymore. I'm going to swipe and go into the reading mode. Well, I guess I have to stop this first, actually. And all you have to do to stop it is put your hand in front of the camera and leave it there for a couple seconds, and it stops. I like that. You don't have to go pushing a button on your screen. So I'm going to go to the next mode. Look out. So select mode tab one of three. Select mode tab one of three. Selected. Shopping mode. Read barcodes and currencies. Enlist three items. Okay, we'll get to that in a little bit, too. Quick red mode. Sort mail. Red signs and labels. Enlist three items. Okay, that's what I want. Alert quick read tips. This mode can be used to quickly hear text on documents, signs, products, and other objects. Simply start quick red mode and point your camera at an item containing text. Try holding your device about 12 to 16 inches away from the item and remain still. Okay. Not checked. Don't show this again. Checked. I don't want it to see Okay. It. I don't want to see that again. Selected mode. Look out. Open navigation go. menu see. button. Main, Omos, Lavalis prolific output he carves and paints. More than 200 birds a year keeps his studio shelves filled with Al. Mamner of avian artworks, from buntings to warblers. Okay, this magazine article is about uh, birds, apparently. Lopin are blooming across the countryside, burst MG that's... into pink. In purple spirette mute by the time this story appears. We'll be staring down winter's long white pea glass. Look, again ups the linst signs of spring. Regardless of the season, an uncommon number of birds can be found roosting just blocks from the center. Of this RT vibe town, population 1,300. While Roland, Lavalie's craw tracks home and studio might look like any other charming gray clapboard 1860s new eng. Lander, behind its laid-back facade there's avian and R. C-H-Y albeit the carved wood sought. The front room flaunts the evidence, floor to ceiling. An imposing pileated woodpecker guards the heights. Over the fireplace, a white heron crouches low on the mantle. Seabirds stalk along hunks of dryfer wood, and crows clasp folded dollar bills in their beaks. Okay, it's reading a good deal of the page, and I'm just noticing that there are pauses between the lines. At least I'm, that's what I'm guessing that is. But that, that turned out pretty well because I didn't bother standing to try to position the phone above the page. I just, I'm in my chair, I've got the magazine, it's not even perfectly flat, uh, and I just raised the phone a pretty good way above it, um, probably about 12 inches, and it started reading. So that's quite nice. I want to try doing a barcode. And see. Select mode if it tab one of three. Select mode. Quick red mode. Sort mail. Shopping mode. Re alert shopping tips. For best results, slowly rotate packages in front of the camera so that lookout can see a barcode. Also use this mode to help distinguish U.S. currency. Not checked. Don't show this again. Check checked. Okay. Selected mode. Lookout. Okay, Open navigation menu button. Okay. Just the camera right on. Let me grab my little box here. The box of uh, Earl Grey tea. And I'm pretty sure the barcode is on the bottom here. I thought it was. I'm thinking the barcode should be pretty easy to locate. This is a box. I know bags and, you know, crinkly material can make it very much harder to find the barcode. But I'm moving around here. Let me put it more in the light, maybe. Okay, I'm looking for this barcode and not finding it, and I don't have much more time to demonstrate this to you. So, um, I just wanted to give you a quick rundown. Of Earl Grey Black Tea 20 Bags, 1.7 ounces box at 12 o'clock. Well, what do you know? I threatened to cut 
out this part of the demonstration, and it came through. It's the Earl Grey. Now, if I touch the screen. Look out, Taza Earl Grey Black T20 Bags, 1.7 ounces box, selected mode, shopping. Now, I didn't even know this was Tezo. I thought it was uh, Bigelow. But uh, if I double tap, I'm Look curious. Look out, Taza Earl Grey Black T20 Bags, 1.7 ounces box, if selected mode, shopping. More. Taza Earl Grey Black T20 Bags, 1.7 ounces box at 12 o'clock. Open navigation. Look out, Taza Earl Grey Black. Okay, now I can't tap on it and get more information, but at least I know what it is. Main Menu is a program brought to you by the American Council of the Blind and ACB Radio. It airs every Friday evening beginning at 9 p.m. Eastern on ACB Radio Mainstream and repeats every four hours until 5 p.m. the following day. You can go to acbradio.org slash mainstream, use ACB Link for Android or iOS, grab it as a podcast, or call 712-775-4808. You can always send questions, comments, or suggestions to mainmenu at acbradio.org. Feel free to reach out to us on Twitter at Main Menu. We hope you enjoyed this edition of Main Menu. We'll see you next time.